Welcome to Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life, The Feminine Rising. My name is Julie Paulston. I am your host, and I am so absolutely honored that you stopped by. Each week, I'm going to be sharing my own personal journey, and I'm also going to be interviewing some incredible people that will be sharing their journeys as well, in hopes that we can educate, motivate, and inspire you to live the best possible life that you can. So grab your favorite beverage, maybe a snack or two, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Because at the end of the day, this truly is all about you. Welcome back to Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life, The Feminine Rising. Oh my gosh, you guys, I am so excited for today. I have like one of my sheroes, the coolest guest. She's got the the funnest stuff that we're going to talk about. And her name is Shannon Dunn. She is a business liberator for coaches and creatives. She is the founder and the creator of the Thrive Factor and the Thrive Factor Archetypes, which we are so going to get into that because I'm absolutely fascinated by that. She is also the principal at the Thrive Factor School. She's an international speaker and a best-selling author. And Shannon, is there anything else that I left out of your bio? Because you are absolutely intriguing. I'm so excited for this. I mean, that's it in a nutshell, Julie. There's so much more in my bio that people can read, but that's it in a nutshell. And I'm sure there'll be other parts of me that come out. Um, you know, I love to also often mention in my, like an introduction thing is that, yeah, business is such a huge part of my life, but I also do, you know, lots of other cool things. I refer, you know, I am obsessed with paddle boarding, stand up paddle boarding. I love Ooh. the ocean. I, you know, I am a disco tragic, like just all this quirky stuff. And my <laughs> oh my God, I love that. I saw a picture of you on your stand up paddle board and yeah. I was like, I am so impressed because I, I would be so afraid of my balance and just be, oh. I'd be in the water. I would just be in the water. Well, so. Yeah started like that but that was seven years ago so you know again like anything that we apply ourselves to we can improve and I'm by no means a master I don't do a lot of really adventurous open ocean the ocean in Australia is a big deal so it's right this so there's a lot of sharks so um as well but um, never mind you just cured me on that and I will tell you you guys have the um and for those who have who kind of picked up she has a little bit of an accent um she is in Australia and and y'all have that big old huntsman eight-legger that yeah, yeah, no, that cured me. I'm like, mm, I know. No, it's I'm, so funny I'm... when I talk to my friends in North America and and the the big things that everyone like refers to, but really doesn't want to know about is our spiders, yeah, our snakes, yeah, and then the sharks. If they're ocean people, they talk about sharks. It's like it's not all bad. Like <laughs> I just I haven't died yet from any of those afflictions. <laughs> well, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've got our we've got our sharks and, and eight leggers and, and exactly. snakes here too. So it's exactly. just you have your own little ones in the world. So I yeah. have a question for you. I ask every mm-hmm. single one of my guests this question, and then the rest of it, I just really I want to dive in and find out all about the archetypes and all of yeah. what you I'm do. Sure. And but my question is, is I, I created this podcast because it really is to empower women to rise out of the ashes and to reclaim their divine inner phoenix. So you shared that you had quite a few pivotal moments. 
what do you think part of your life or what in your journey you've been able to rise and reclaim that divine inner phoenix and how does that impact your life today yeah so i will just tell everyone that julie did warn me that she was going to ask this question which is a good thing <laughs> but my immediate thought that came to mind is that there isn't one pivotal moment because my entire life has very much been about rising about learning more about challenging myself about feeling this desire and this need and this want and everything to do something significant in the world and I know a lot of women talk about that but I also see from my years like I'm in my 15th year in my business I did a lot of of work with with people in the various thing aspects of my career before starting my business I see so many women talking about these things but doing nothing about them and I feel like I it's a compulsion that the way that my life has gone, the travel I've done, the study I've done, the people I know, the relationships I've had, everything has just been another motivation to take another piece of action to make this sense of this thing or this whatever, this significant big impact kind of thing that I felt from tiny little girl, I was here to do my reality. Oh, oh that is, so, I, I love that. I think that, you know, so many women as we were growing up and as we were young, um, and I, I've talked about it before, is that we have to remember who we were before the world told us who we should be. Yes. I mean, yes. at two years old, usually around two to three years old, we are programmed to be caretakers. The first thing that happens is someone hands us a dolly and says, here, take care of the baby. Yeah. And so, and then when we're not doing it right, or if we're doing something different, then you know, then here comes the guilt and, and the shame. And, and then you have to take care of everybody. So as from yes. a very small age, we are taught how to be caretakers and we forget who we were before the world told us who we should be. Yeah. Oh, so true, Julie. And I feel like there's been like parallel aspects of my life. I very much was the good student one of my archetypes is the mentor teacher. So when we get to talk more about that, I can share a little bit about my own archetypes. Um, you know, but she was studious. She did the right thing. She, you know, was always about striving and achieving and showing how much she knew and all that kind of thing. But I also have a, a couple of archetypes, the liberator engineer and the visionary creator, which are rebels. And they, they, they're not in the box. They want to push the boundary all the time. So I sort of had this duality within me of, do the right thing, be the good girl and all that kind of stuff. But this whole, what? why would I do that? Like, I want to push out. Like I've got, I've got like the visionary creator is literally futuristic in the way that she thinks and interacts with the world and can struggle oh. to be in the here and now because she's not how she operates. She's just in a whole different, you know, plane out there. So, so you brought it up a couple of times and, and I'm like fascinated by it. Tell me your journey about coming up with the, the Thrive archetypes. You've got to tell this story. I am dying to hear this story. Yeah, so the Thrive Factor framework, as I often refer to it, uh, is a series of 12 archetypes. I think that I have the mentor teacher archetype. So let me just actually, there's so many bits of the story to share. There, with the 12 archetypes in the framework, every woman has her own unique individual profile within that. So you could have anywhere between three and five. This tends to be the three, four or five archetypes is the number of archetypes that a woman has. I have four. So one of them, as I mentioned, is the mentor teacher. So I have been the nerdy student who loves to study my entire life. 
And I also love to experience life. So while mentor teachers love to have qualifications and pieces of paper to prove what they know, they also immerse themselves in living and gathering life experience. So as a little girl, I was an observer. I just loved watching people like human behavior was definitely somewhere I was going to end up, even though I didn't know what those <laughs> meant way back then. But I just loved and I was so fascinated by relationships and people and how they interacted or didn't interact, you know, successfully or unsuccessfully or, you know, in so many fascinating ways to me. And I don't know how, but somewhere in my teens, I came across the whole concept of psychology hmm. and started reading the work of Carl Jung. Yeah. So he is referred to as the modern day father of archetypes. So I came across his work and came across archetypes. And then the part of me that loves ancient philosophy and history and mythology went back to the origins of where the archetypes came from. And the word archetype can go right back to the times of Plato as the ancient philosopher. And it, it, it breaks down to two words, arche and tupos, which means first impression. Hmm. So an archetype is the way that we, I guess, present and people get an impression of us. That's us showing, sharing our archetypes. And Carl Jung looked at them all as the archetypes were the different ways in which we were, again, showing up in the world. We were demonstrating who we are. We were interacting with each other, but it's also aspects of our inner self. And he talked about in his work around the collective unconscious was that there was these patterns that existed amongst people, no matter who we were, our cultural background, our gender, our age, but there were stories. And that's what he believed that mythology was all about, was that they were the written stories of these patterns, these archetypes that were keep, kept repeating amongst hmm. people across the world. So all of that just made sense to me. I'm like, yeah, of course. <laughs> so anyway. Of course, it totally yeah, makes sense. I'm just going to go and dive into this. <laughs> yeah, a teenager, yeah. I'm going to study yeah, psychology. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, various different other types of um, experiences from uh, a career perspective, lots of travel, but I just kept reading about mythology. And when I went, left Australia, so I'm in Perth and Western Australia on the our West Coast. When I left Australia in my 20s and went to Europe, you know, one of the things that I loved most was learning about the art, the culture and the mythology that was associated with the ancient aspects of those countries. Um, I traveled extensively through Asia. That gives a whole nother look at different mythology as well so you know there's so many different things there there's indigenous mythology in my own country there's right. different aspects of mythology in North America in Africa like everywhere has its own stories about people they're all archetypal stories so that you know so cool. yeah fast forward to my oh goodness me it would have been my my late 20s my early 30s and I was back in Australia and again, continually studying because that's what my mentor teacher does <laughs> always. And I was still fascinated with this whole aspect of archetypal psychology and what that meant. I went back to uh, study again and I trained as a transpersonal art therapist on top of my business studies and my original career was as a registered nurse. So I've got lots of stuff to do with people all the way through. And the transpersonal aspect of transpersonal art therapy, again, ties back into a lot of the work of Carl Jung and his various successors. 
and therefore archetypes came up again it was like there that is so <laughs> then I ended up studying locally with a psychotherapist in Perth who created her own archetypal framework it was very much around the time when Carolyn Miss was doing a lot of her work with archetypes and it was just everywhere around me and and I had started my business it was early days of me being in my business and I was working predominantly with women. I still work 90% of the time with women. I have a few male clients every now and again who I adore. They're a good balance to all the female. <laughs> balance that energy out a little bit. Exactly. Um, but I was noticing these patterns of behavior, belief, thoughts, outcomes, all these kinds of things in the women that I was working with. I'm like, ah, wait a second. There's something in this. And I just started documenting what I was observing. And over, you know, some time, which really probably wasn't that long, it was maybe months to a year, I had what then became the foundation of the 12 Thrifactor archetypes. And that was back in 2010. Oh, yeah. to me, that is so fascinating. So I have a question for you. So you said yeah. that, that you have anywhere between like, say, three and five archetypes. Yeah. And yeah. that it's like first impression. So yeah. is it, this is probably a really horrible comparison, but does... Do different archetypes come forward in yes. certain situations to where if you're in a scholarly situation, then obviously that archetype is going to come forward. If yeah. you're in a different situation where everybody's like, woo, party, 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 it's going to bring a different archetype for it. Is yeah. that how it happens? Is yeah, that they yeah, definitely we have once we know what our archetypes are, we have access to all of them at any given time. But you're right in that scenario that depending on what you're actually doing, whether it's a personal you sort of experience you're in, a, a business experience, a different kind of life experience, there are different parts of your archetypes that are going to lead and are going to show up more. So, yeah, so when I'm in teacher mode, which is a large part of my business, is, is yes, it's coaching and leadership, but it's also teaching. And particularly after I launched Thrive Factor School nearly two years ago so that I have a certification in Thrive Factor Profiling available to women who are coaches and mentors and that kind of thing. That's me, 100% in teacher. And it was there was a part of me that was really excited about being able to say, I'm a principal of a school that I created. So, like every mentor teacher's dream. <laughs> so, it's so funny. Um, but, um, yeah, so, of course, I'm in teacher, in mentor teacher mode, and I'm expressing that archetype at the forefront when I'm in those environments doing those things. Um, one of the key questions I often get asked is, well, if there's 12 archetypes, can they change? You know, right. that, was, that was going to be my next one. I'm like, so as you grow through life, can you lose some and gain different ones? Or is it kind of like oh, your whole? No, I don't believe you do. I'm very much connected to it makes sense to me. And I've challenged myself on this numerous times over. Um, but I'm very much connected to more traditional archetypal psychology principles and theories that says that you are born with whatever your archetypes are, whichever framework or modality that you use to discover them, uh, and they don't change. But the reason we feel that they can change is that we may have a period of time, say when we are in our teenage years, where one archetype is just in her, what I call your effortless success zone, and she's just, it's just her time. And the others don't, don't even get a look in, even if you had five of them, like they're like the other four are almost dormant, but they are still there within you. Okay. Yeah. So um, I don't believe that they change at all, but there definitely can be times where you can feel very connected to one or, or more and disconnected from one or more just because of what's happening in your life and what you're being required to do often from a perspective of your work or your career or your relationships. When we give our power away and we're not 
reminded and conscious of the fact we have a choice about what we do and how we do and how we respond to that. Instead, we feel we have to, must do, should right. do things. Right. Not in your effortless success zone when you're doing that. So when, so somebody like me who's never encountered this before and yeah. how do, how does somebody figure out what their archetype is and do do our archetypes, they come out when they're needed? So if some, if a woman's going through, so it's pretty much two questions. Number one, how do you figure out what you are? But number yeah. two is certain situations, like um, a lot of women, I'm sure that are listening, have had traumas that have happened to them. Do specific archetypes help to protect them through that or help guide them through that? Or is that just not something that they do? Yeah, no, they do. They do. So let me just go back to firstly, how do you find out of what your thrive factor archetypes are? So I have this big book. It's like 96,000 plus words in there. <laughs> a lifetime's work called The Thrive Factor, Unlock Your Effortless Success Zone is the uh, subtitle of the book. So this is a, a nice introduction to the archetypes. And a lot of women will be able to read that and get a really good sense of what they could be, but not necessarily 100% know what archetypes they actually are. So the way to know definitively is to actually do what we refer to in the whole Thrive Factor community as a Thrive Factor experience. So a profiling experience with either myself or one of now the certified Thrive Factor profilers. So that are trained to, by me personally to profile and to coach women um, on their archetypes, introduce you, as we like to say, introduce you to yourself via oh, the trifactor archetypes. So that's the way to truly know. So when I share later around how to connect with me, there was information there to so people can go and look and see, you know, uh, you find out more about that. And so in terms of the how our archetypes can support us, it's really about knowing what they are and then actively using them in our lives. So as I said before, we tend to find that when I so like I, I did a profiling session just a week ago with a, a new client and she had five archetypes and she was very familiar with two of them. She goes, yeah, I know them. She's, I would guess she would be in her, maybe in her mid fifties. She's like, I know though they've been present my whole life. And she said, the other three, I sort of, yes, they made sense to me if I was honest with myself. There was a couple of them that she said there's are parts of them and what we call the, the challenges within the archetypes that she didn't like. So she tried to deny them and sort of push those parts mm -hmm. of herself away. And then there was another one that she's like, I get that and I feel like that's what I wanted to be but never thought that I was. So there was a, some resistance about it's a, the, um, an archetype that has a really big presence. And she says that I wanted to be that but I actually didn't know if I could be, or if I was, but she said, but now you've confirmed that that's exactly who I am. I feel like, yes, bring it on. Like I can take on the world now because I know. So that's is such an empowering thing because then when you know what your archetypes are and you actively choose to use them in your life, and it's not even, not even a hard thing to do. It's just getting to know them, getting to understand them. Um, I have broken each of the 12 archetypes down into two different um, ways to look at them so different perspectives the strengths for each archetype and then what we refer to as their potential challenges so in archetypal psychology they always looked at the light and the shadow yeah? right. shadow being tending to be the aspects of self that we were less 
inclined to want to talk about or to mm-hmm. engage with the parts of ourselves we don't like we try to deny and often the the word shadow because of that particularly in this the world of psychology has had a very negative connotation and I didn't want to bring negativity because the reality is that when we can face and work with and embody all those traits all of us including the parts of our shadow the lightness within us shines brighter so this is the phoenix rising moment where we go okay all of that stuff that is horrible and shitty and i didn't want to know about myself that i think is bad could actually be where my greatest gifts are when right. i face it and embody it and then i can rise and shine brighter i love that and, and because i have created this for women in business and leadership i also wanted to use language that was very easy to understand and to engage with so the light became strengths and the shadow became potential challenges. And the word potential is really key because you may, you and I may have the same four archetypes, but you may have a fifth one, Julie. And your fifth archetype, if we went you know, down that path, um, could make the way that you express the four archetypes that you and I have the same completely different because of that archetype. Yeah. And the if you look at the the, you know, every there's a chapter on every archetype in the book. And if you were to read about, say, the advocate rescuer archetype and you look at all the potential challenges that are listed in there for her, you could walk away going, oh, she's terrible. She's really demanding. She gets really needy. She, when she's rescuing, she's, yeah, I, you know, I don't like her. I don't want to be her. I don't want to, yeah. And then you could also have the inspire a believer archetype, which is the cheerleader. And I think you've got this one. I'm <laughs> interacting with you over I have a little bit of that one. <laughs> I reckon. I think so. Uh, and this is it. You know, we show up in the world and people that have some insight can tell who we are, definitely. And so the inspire believer can put a beautiful positive spin on things. She's the cheerleader of the world. And that, you know, she just wants people to experience life beautifully she's a potentialist she sees the good in others and wants them to express it in the world so that can counteract some of the potential challenges that the advocate rescuer has so they therefore aren't challenges at all in fact it amplifies things and makes them strengths yeah so yeah and it just challenges us to to not go oh well shannon's listed all of these bullet points it says that i'm going to have all this terrible stuff happen no but if you let that happen yeah, that's you. That's on you. <laughs> right. And I think, I think, you know, when I've been the, this journey of self-discovery and, and creating my company and creating this podcast and doing all of this is really expose the potential challenges that I've had that for years and years and years, you just, you just stuff them, you just stuff them because as society, and it doesn't really matter where you are in the world, society as a whole says, don't cry, put your big girl panties on. You can't be mad. You can't lash out. You can't do this. You have to, you have to be this way. And then all of a sudden, as we've moved and society has grown and and women have become more powerful and they've started standing in their truth and they're standing in their power. And it's like this big spotlight comes down and it starts shining a light on the things that people don't want to see. Yeah. And I know for me, when that light comes down, the first thing I want to do is be like, oh, so I got to go. Um, I'll just be back. Yeah. However, when I face it, then I can turn it into a strength That's and to it. be able to say, okay, so listen, this is, this is the, the itty bitty shitty committee is sitting on my shoulder telling me all of this. 
but I know that it's actually not true. Yes. And that I think is probably the biggest thing is when we, when we hear all of the stuff, it's coming through the filters of everybody in our life that has told us you're not worthy. You're not enough. You're too fat. You're too thin. You're too tall. You're too short. You're too black. You're too white. Yeah. Too much of everything. And I think that as women, we're told that we're always going to be too much of something. Oh, definitely. And so I love the fact that you have these archetypes that you, a woman can look at that and go, so that's why I do this. And that's exactly it, Julie. Like, you know, I have personally profiled 600 plus women over the last decade and a bit rough numbers I haven't you know in the early days you don't count those things and right but anyway and you know as I'm seeing my certified profilers there's beautiful women here in my community and you know there's a little little community of us that's just going to grow exponentially over time I'm seeing them profiling more and more and the same feedback every one of us gets and it's along the vein of I feel like I have permission to be me Wow. Those parts of myself that I didn't like, oh my God, they're amazing. And like, look what I could do with them. Um, I've had women sit in front of me, whether it's on Zoom or in person, you know, with a a, a gentle tear rolling down their face. And I'm always in a place of curiosity. I'm very grateful for my background in therapy and counseling as well as business, because it gives me a different way to interact with people. And I sit there and I say, what's going on? Or, you know, what's, what's that about? Do, would you like to share? And so often it's like, I actually like myself. Like I've got amazing things to offer. Like I'm fucking amazing. Like there's all sorts of stuff that comes through or like, oh my God, I can do this. Like whatever the thing. And in this lifetime up to that point of all of this, as you said, the stuff they've been told, the stuff they believed, the crappy beliefs that they've attached and the meanings they've made out of stuff can just fall away. Oh. And I think that 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 is so important that you have this work that you're doing, because I think that's one of the things that I'm probably the most passionate about, like with this podcast and and with Divine Phoenix Rising is that I want women to, and, and people always say, well, why don't you work with guys? Well, it's because as women, we're the birthers, we're the nurturers, we're the ones, we're the healers. So if we can heal the women and the divine feminine, the masculine will fall and we can teach our partners and our sons and, you know, the men in our life, we can teach them how to heal. So if we heal first, but the fact that you have this, that women can finally say, there's nothing wrong with me. Yeah, this is it. So rather than believing for whatever reason that they are wrong, that they are broken, that they need fixing, that they're, the things about them that excite them, that motivate them, that drive them, they've been labeled by somebody else or something else or society or something they read or heard as the wrong parts. I know so many times in my life, as I said before, I have the visionary creator archetype. She is literally about creating things that are new and original. That's the archetype that will actually birth something original into the world. And I it's taken me the last decade to actually acknowledge that in myself, even though I created this thing. <laughs> it's a big thing to step into and go, oh my God, look what I've done. This isn't just some little like profiling thing I did on the side. That this is actually this world is huge. Changing. It's world changing. And I have a, again a very clear vision. I can literally see where it's going in the future, beyond way beyond my lifetime. 
But I, that part of me, along with my inspire believer archetype that I mentioned before, this is definitely one of the reasons you and I connected so much because we can, we, we connected via archetypes. Like we, we yeah. have the same language and same sense and meaning because of that. Um, is excitable and you know she just she gets loud and she gets she just wants everyone to know all the cool stuff and my in my former marriage I used to get told to chill out and calm down yeah I've heard that (laughs) once or twice Jesus Julie could you just calm down and I'm like no I'm so and and I interrupt people because I get so excited like they say something and I'm like oh my gosh and I start talking and they're like Julia, I wasn't done talking. I know, but this is so exciting. Yeah, and I get that's, super excited. And, and so, yeah. And it's so nice to know that there's nothing. No. There's nothing wrong with that. And the women that are listening, I hope you're hearing that yeah. if you take nothing away from this, that there is nothing wrong with who you are. I mean, it's just, nothing. there's nothing wrong with us. Nothing. And we all have our own ways of expressing. And as we've said, like we have a number of archetypes within our own profile and the combination of them together is such a unique, this is like our unique blueprint. And even when two women have exactly the same archetypes, they still express them differently because they could be a different age, a different cultural background, they've grown up in a different environment, but they have access to all the strengths that are there and they have an opportunity to be aware of the potential challenges and to meet those challenges if they rise, not with, oh, there's that bad thing about me or there's that shitty thing about me again, but to meet those with a strength and go, no, no, I see you, but hello, I'm showing you this. Yeah, and move forward with that so that they don't sit there. And, you know, I did definitely spend times in my life through other people's discomfort with my enormous in their ex- expression, unrealistic ideas about things. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, all the time. Yeah, it's a bit far-fetched. Like, what do you think? What, who are you to think you could do that kind of stuff? Yeah. So I've spent times where not that I stopped what I was doing or limited myself, but I wouldn't speak and I wouldn't share about it. And it's like yeah, year on year, the older I get, the more confidence I have, the more I embody my own four archetypes the more it's not a question about whether I do or don't share them and live by them. I do, it's just who I am. You know, there's and no I think justify that, or explain or it's just, this is it. And I think that, that, that being able to get this out there so that it gets to more women so that they can understand that who they are and they can start being able to be like, okay, so this is why I do this. And this is why I, you know, have challenges with this and, oh, okay, well, yeah. this is why I've done this because all through school, it was Julia, you just, uh, you just talk too much. You just talk too much. You just talk too much. And, and I was like, well, why can't I do this? Because I'm the why kid. Well, why are you doing that? Well, why are you doing that? Well, how come you're doing that? Well, how come you're doing that? Well, that's not fair. And so and I know I'm not the only one. And I know there's women out there that are listening to this that are going, oh, yeah, yeah. Because I think that society looks at us and puts these filters. And when I look at someone, do you think that archetypes instinctively are drawn to each other? And that's why you have yeah. like your tribe of women or your yeah. group that you hang out with because your archetypes are drawn to each other? 100%. They, 100%. Because underneath because if I don't know what an archetype is but I know oh my god I really like Shannon I don't even know anything about her but I need to be in her energy or like you know with Cassie I need to be in her energy 
we don't know why we just are drawn to that is that an archetype thing it is it is 100 percent. so we are drawn to each other because we speak the same language we feel the same way we've lived the same experiences been in our own unique expression and it is definitely archetypal. And this is what the collective unconscious stuff that Carl Jung was writing about is that there are these patterns of behavior, of existence, of the way that we interact as humans that, that are repeated all the way around the world. So that there are women in every culture across time that have been inspirer believers. Yeah. So the, as women today, you and I, in our more modern world, if we want to call it that, the women that we look to, that we read about, that the stories that we've read, that because Inspire Believers always looking to be inspired. So we go seeking for inspiration. So, you know, we might read something about a woman that was from 400 years ago. And we're like, oh my God, she's amazing. And like, I just, I love her. I, what she stood for and what she did. She was probably an Inspire Believer as well. So there's a part of us just drawn to each other because of that. So we don't need to necessarily know each other's archetypes. But part of my vision is that Women around the world will bump into each other in the street, you know, and not have seen each other and, and, and talk from the perspective of, well, how's, you know, how's that, that inspired believer in you going at the moment? Like, what's she doing? Or, you know, how's your queen? How's your queen ruler? Has she indulged lately? Has she been really regal and taking care of herself and, you know, bought some beautiful, amazing thing? You know, and that they will just, we will talk to each other like that. And, and equally that when we introduce ourselves and we share what our Thrive Factor archetypes are, that we will look at each other and go, that is so cool that that's what you are, even if there could be some archetypes that are more likely to repel, because there are some definitely. Yeah, yeah but so, that we will look at each other with compassion and go, oh my God, that's so cool that that's you and this is me. So I have a question, it just popped into my head. See, here we go, interrupting. So I'm like, oh, I gotta say it. Do Love you it. think it's important as moms that we find out what our kids' archetypes are so that it's easier. Do you think it's easier to parent? So if you have a child yes. who's an inspired believer yes. and you're completely on the opposite side and you're like, the hell is wrong with my kid? Yeah, yeah. Do you think, is it I a do. good thing to do that? I do, I do, 100%. And I, while I'm not a parent, I do have three nieces, yeah? The eldest one has been profiled. So Ruby is 16 now. And I absolutely loved, I'm just kidding. So there are cards for the archetypes. I'm just getting Ruby's archetypes out because I'll tell you a little bit about her and how as her aunt, I've been able to support her as she steps. So she started our school year in Australia starts in January. So we go the calendar year, which I know is different to, to you yeah, guys. That's weird. <laughs> well, I would oh, love to, with thinking back, I would have loved to have a calendar year because of the three months off in the summer, by the time I go back in September, I don't know anything. So it's just yeah, like starting over. It. But, you know, but we have our break in our summer. So that's why that is so that, you know, our kids have their break in, in our summertime. Um, so, and if anyone's still not sure, the seasons are the opposite in Australia to what they are in the US. I still have people going, so what is it there? It's like, it's, it's fall or what we call autumn and you guys are in spring. Um, so Ruby has three archetypes in her profile. She has the heroine adventurer, the mediator diplomat, and she has the inspirer believer. Okay. So when I profiled her, she was about 14 and that's probably about the youngest that I feel comfortable to profile a younger woman. And I have profiled a number of my clients, friends, um, friends, daughters over the years. And my second niece, who's now 14 is like, 
can we do mine? Can I know what I am? Because I, when they're 14 and 16, I've been talking to them about, as Mia, the younger one says, the girls, right. since they were tiny. So they just, this is just what we talk about. And so Ruby's gone into her second last year of high school. So pivotal time, had to do a lot of work last year in choosing the right subjects because this is the foundation for her to get into university or do further study or to take on a different kind of career. So there was a lot of pressure around all of that. And so I just would, I and I take them to school every Monday morning. It's sacred time for me. So I actually get to see them because, you know, they're 14 or 16. They want to hang with their friends more. Right. But I, you know, I'm like, no, I will drive you to school. So I take them to school and we had, it's just sacred time. So Ruby was talking about these things and I didn't feel the pressure and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I said, well, what do you want to do when you finish school? Like when you go in and you, do you want to study? Do you want to do something different? Do you, you know, and she's like, I want to be either working something to do with physical, like education, but not as a teacher, like, um, you know, so if not, what she used to say to me, um, exercise, physiology, physiotherapy, that kind of thing. So something to do with sports, but also the body or she wants to be a lawyer. And I just said to her very quietly, but with great clarity, well, that's perfect, Ruby, because the either of those things you are wired to do based on the three archetypes you have. And she looked at me, she goes, yeah, that's right, I am. Like, oh, imagine that is that. so cool. Yeah. So her heron adventure archetype, this is the nature lover who has to be outdoors and is the one who will go hiking when the rest of her friends want to sleep in. You know, this is this kind of archetype, fiercely competitive, loves to achieve is like has a tunnel vision when she has a set I set on a goal she also is a champion of women and children's causes and she likes to make sure that there is balance in the world for the the women and children so that's just her in a nutshell um the mediator diplomat archetype which is this little lady here she's all about things being right fair just and equal like she's got to create balance in the world. So from that perspective of either working in that physical physical type of environment where it's about movement and activity, that's a her adventurer. But the lawyer thing of like, oh, I might yeah. not be a lawyer and I want to be a litigator. Like I don't yep. want to just be, you know, do fat. And she said to me, like, even with the face screen, I don't want to do family law. Like, I was like, oh, goodness me, that's actually really important. But she said, no, I want to make sure that people that need to be put away are put away. Like, that was her energy of like, Ooh. oh, there's the, there's the mediated diplomat coming forward. Yeah. Yeah. So that, so, so she's got this real sense of right and wrong and, and, a, and a desire to make sure that that is expressed in the world. So either of those, she's got the, innate potential to do and I often use that phrasing innate potential when I'm talking about the archetypes because our archetypes are our blueprint that give us access to know our innate potential and therefore be able to confidently take it in embody it and rely on it so I don't know what she's actually going to do but in terms of her confidence in selecting the subjects that would set her up to do either go down either of those paths she's done Perfect. that now yeah it's just, it is I, I think that it, I'm like, I could sit here and like literally talk to you for like three hours about this. I'm like, this is so fascinating. And I love the fact that you can do this with children growing up. Cause I think about like my sons and, and my daughter, um, yeah. and she was my foster daughter. So, she, and, and I'm thinking, you know, it probably would be so easy, easier as a parent to know the archetype yeah. so that you can be able to communicate. It's kind of one of my favorite books of all times is the five love languages by Gary Chapman. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah. Agree. My favorite it. books. And my my number one is Physical Touch. My second is Words of Affirmation. And it's funny because my son is a quality of time and an acts of service. So it was learning how to communicate with him on a level because I'm this touchy feely. Oh, I love you. And, and he's like, mom, I did the dishes or, you know, I, I just want to spend time with you. And I'm like, okay, but you never, you know, that whole thing. So I think it, it ties in with this because then yeah, you can yeah. communicate and have conversations. So, yeah. okay. I would love to talk about this all day long, but I got to keep it in a, like a time frame, roughly a time frame, definitely roughly but, a time yeah. frame. So before I, I have one last question for you and, and I'm going to ask it um, at the very end. And I love these surprise questions. So, but how can people find you? Cause I know that the women that are listening are like, wait a minute, Julie, I need to know. And I'm going to put them all in the show notes. You'll have all the links to find Shannon, but where do they find your book? All of that. How do people get a hold of you? How do they get a consultation or a, a profile with you? Yeah. Yeah. So the best way to go, so there's a couple of different links that I'm going to share. And I know you've got the main one to share in um, the show notes. And anyone listening in, I have had a podcast in the past. I will have one again. Please check show notes because we put all of the stuff there. (laughs) You know, we don't make it hard for yourself to find if you you want to follow up. Um, So if anyone goes to the website, thethrivefactor.com, all of the general information about an introduction to what it is, to the profilers, to how to book a session. You can read about me and read about the other profilers that are available. They are currently all in Australia. That will not be the case in the future, but equally that is no barrier to anyone. Every one of them will work with you no matter where you are in the world. And so I very much created a dynamic of we're here to support women everywhere. I love that. I'm waiting for some galactic woman in the future to find us. I don't know. That's my visionary (laughs) creator. Like, there's worlds beyond worlds, definitely. I love it. Through the universe. Through the universe. So So that's the main place to find there. And then the other link, which literally gives people access to all the links where they can find me on on social media. So my favorite places to hang out, Instagram and Facebook. But mostly Instagram is my starting point where all my content, all my sharing goes, all my stories. I talk about the archetypes and everything. It's the first step in every piece of any coaching, consulting, education that I do with any of my clients. Um, so, but if, if women go to allmylinks.com forward slash Shannon dash the Thrive Factor, that's the link I've given you, Julie, they will get access to that. I'll be able to see how to get profiled, how to find me on all the social media, what my latest programs are, because I tend to have something. The visionary creator and the liberator engineer together create compulsively. So it tends to be every month to six weeks as a new program or new something coming out. Lots of very cool ways to get to know your archetypes beyond profiling. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yay. So that, that's it. Yeah. Awesome. So here's my question. So for someone who might be sitting in the ashes where they're like, this shit's ridiculous and I don't really see a way out of this. You guys sound so happy and this is great for you. What's something that you could share with them that has helped you through your journey to continuously rise from the ashes? What would you tell them? So what comes to mind is a psychological process called the hero's journey. So we're talking with women today, so we're going to call it the heroine's journey. 
And it's a thing that has been documented and shows up in stories and all sorts of things. It ties back to archetypal stuff, but it's around that space and that time where it's 100% about Phoenix rising, where, you know, we're going along, something happens and we start to sort of go on the downward trend for some reason. We don't feel ourselves. We're not sure. We start questioning. We start deciding something wrong with us. We're not okay. We're broken. It must be us, like all of that kind of stuff. And along the way, sometimes we meet someone or we hear something, makes sense, but we don't really do anything with it. We sort of store it away and it's there, it's accessible to us. And that downward can tend to keep going down till we get to the bottom, yeah? So it's like you go in and it goes right the way down. So in the depths of despair, in the cave, in our dark night of the soul, in our I am in the ashes and you can never see the potential that there's any rising. This is it, right. all done, dusted. Yep. This is all I've got left for my life. So why bother kind of thing? What's the point? This is all that I've got available. Nothing's ever going to be changing. Nothing's going to change. It's all, you know, and we sadly decide that, that's, that, we, that we just need to accept that, which is not the case. But something happens within that moment where there is a spark lit within us somewhere. And I believe it's come from something we've read or learned or listened to along the way. We have a remembering of something and all of a sudden this little spark gets lit up and things happen and then that amplifies. So we start to slowly come out the other side as things get brighter and brighter. We reconnect with those, those wise people, the wise women of the world that have got something for us. The, the things we learned, the podcasts that we listen to, we go back and we go, well, that's right. I want to go and see what that thing was all about. And we do something with that. And all of a sudden, we just find ourselves changed and transformed. So rising wing, the phoenix wings are coming out. And when we come out the other side, it's higher. So it's like we go in, we go down the depths. But when we come out, we come out at another plane because we can't unlearn what we've learned. We are a new version of ourselves moving forward. So oh. remember that there is always an opportunity to rise that you are wired, you are designed to thrive, which is why this is called the Thrive Factor. Every woman has her own unique way of thriving. And when you can learn what that is, whether it's through the Thrive Factor framework or something else, I don't care what you do, as long as you believe that there is more for you than whatever you've been told or conditioned to accept or believe and all that crap that we've taken on board all our lives, it's not the truth. Your truth is deep here in, in your heart. Yeah? Oh. So don't sit there letting yourself decide that this is all that there is because it's not your reality. It's a, oh. false, it's a false myth that you do not need to subscribe to. Throw it out. Throw it out. That Get rid of it. Burn it. Yeah, that stays in the ashes. You don't. Oh, that is so funny. Before I before I close, it's I said I was doing a Facebook Live and I've said it multiple times is that all you need is that little spark and then you find somebody else that's got a spark and it creates a flame. And then you find somebody else that's got a flame and it creates a fire. And then you find somebody else got a fire, which creates an inferno, which burns away everything that no longer serves you. And that's when you hit yes. that next plane of existence and your tribe is sitting there waiting for you. Just, Sorry come, come here, come here. We've been waiting for you. So and that's oh. the inspirer believer. She actually has flames. Yes. Oh my God. That is so funny. The flames are as much oh. the flames of inspiration as the flames of being wary about how much she can burn herself out 
and True. being burned out when she gives too much of herself to others. But the inspire believers of the world that often go quiet because they've been told they're too much and too excitable and too whatever, calm down, are the women that I believe are the ones that ignite sparks in others. So Inspire believes if anything that Julie and I have talked about in terms of that archetype itself, which there are a lot of us in, women in business are Inspire believers. My theory about that is that we don't cope so well in regular employment where we're stifled. Yeah. yeah. So find, find that Inspire believer, whether you are one or not, you probably are, but find her because she may be just that little, well, not little, she'll be that presence that just creates that little spark that then you can, again, together rise in support oh, of each other, something I call collective, collective thriving. When women support each other and therefore support themselves, everything is better in the world because that energy of collective thriving just amplifies the good in everything. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And for those that are listening and you're like, what is she, what is she? So <laughs> I also have a YouTube channel and it will be in the show notes. I put every single one of, for those who are, I, I'm not auditory, I'm very kinesthetic and visual. So I like to watch a video. So for those that want to watch the video, it will be in the YouTube channel. Look at the show notes because all the links will be there. And <laughs> Shannon, I am just ever so grateful for you. I am, this has been probably one of my favorite days and I cannot wait. I'm like, I'm going to run out and buy your book because now I've got yeah. to know what my archetypes are because my curiosity is in, is in, is intrigued yeah. now so good and then when you really want to know you know where to find me to do a pro do a profiling experience you know i'm do gonna it. do it i know i hope so every 99 of my programs you you get to know your archetypes because you need to know them to do the work with me in the program so oh. you know if anyone's ever drawn to to do learn more the other thing is that don't just go and find, get the book and read and go, this is great and not do anything with it. Like I have so many women, they're like, oh no, I did my, I did profiling with you. I know what my archetypes are. I was like, yeah, but you're not using them. Yeah, you know, and use, I'll, yeah, I'll watch them complaining about stuff or saying, this isn't working on, this isn't okay. I was like, checked in with your archetypes lately? And they're like, oh God, you know. Come on, just leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, Shannon, thank you so much, everybody. I just, I know that you love this as much as I did. Um, and please rate, review, subscribe, do all the things, the quote unquote things that you need to do for the podcast. And just know that you are loved, you are treasured, you are adored and your story matters so, so much. So Thank you for hanging out with us next week. It'll be sharing. It'll just be me sharing a little bit of my own personal journey. So we'll see where that one goes. But other than that, thank you, Shannon, so much. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. I appreciate you. And remember, you are loved, you are treasured, you are adored, you are worthy, and you are so more than enough. I hope that you were inspired. And if you were, please feel free to download, share, and leave a comment. I would be eternally grateful. Thank you so much and have an absolutely magical day.